0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Gym Owners Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler. Across the way over there is John. Hi, John. How are you doing? I am doing excellent. Good. Guys, we got some good stuff for you today. Today, we are going to get into some really specific subjects about a question we always ask people when they get ready to join our gear academy or whether we, they want any help with their gym. The question we always ask is, are you really ready for new members? And we've been building a thing for a while now. Um, They will end up rolling out. It's going to be a bit yet, but we want to build some tools for you guys to come in and where we can actually say like, all right, here's this list of questions, answer these all. And then you're going to really know like what you need to change before you can just, if you want to double your membership, I want to be able to tell you like how much money you're leaving on the table by not fixing these things or what problems are in the way. So we want to make sure before we chase the wrong type of growth that we have a right foundation. And today we're going to to share with you a handful of these criteria or questions that we like to ask gym owners before we even consider working with them. Um, And it's not that we won't work with people that don't check all these boxes the right way. It's this, this is how we identify problems. So this is how we're going to identify if you are really ready to grow your membership base, or if you kind of need some stuff to get in order for to get in order in order for you to maximize those opportunities. So before we get started, make sure you join the Gym Owners Revolutions, the Facebook group. Uh, we share all sorts of cool, fun information in there. We get some dialog, some polls, uh, where we like to be a resource for gym owners. So we want to make sure that we create a good community, gym owners helping each other, answering each other's questions, and not like a lot of those other gym owner fitness groups. If y'all ever been in the throw any rocks directly but like the functional fitness gym owner ones the, the the big brand name one over holy shit is that just the worst people arguing about the worst things and like being really condescending and it sucks and that's not how we're doing this so you go in there you feel awful about asking just a regular ass question or, or like trying to solve a regular strategy and just get shit on by a bunch of elitists with abs whose businesses probably fucking suck too so this ain't one of those gyms we're elitists with abs whose businesses fucking rule so John, let's get started right away. So one of the first questions we ask uh, is about operations, right? Making sure your gym can actually handle growth. What percentage of your gyms in-person coaching is done by the owner? That's a question for you to answer. Just you should be aware of this as a gym owner. Uh, we don't see much over about 25%, maybe 50% if it's a really small scale thing that is even possible for you to be growing more. If you're if you're coaching seventy five percent of the hours that are going on on your floor, whether it's group or private training, what do you? you Where's this going? That's always the question: Is where are you Where's this going? You're already busy. I would assume you're already busy if that's the case. So we want to make sure that this is this isn't neither of it. Not where you're at on any of these questions is neither good nor bad. It's just where you are. Like all things, there's no good data. There's no bad data. There's just data so i want to know where this is write this down let's let us know if you want to write all these down and send them to us go for it and uh we're not gonna do anything with it but i love to hear the information so we get our stuff built um yeah, but that's an experience, important
1: one yeah, in our experience every answer to one of these questions tells us volumes about where you are and then what you say what your goal is what you want to do next Well, it's very clear. We can easily see, hey, I want to do X, Y, or Z. Yeah. And we're like, well, from what I've seen, from what we've seen, if you are coaching more than 50%, right, if you're coaching more than 70% of all of your in-person classes, right, that's personal training, that's group classes, something's got to give, there's got to be some changes, and that's where I think it's important. All of these questions we are asking from a perspective of you want to grow. Yeah, This is a profession. This is what you want to do to pay your bills, feed yourself, feed your family, take care of people in your community. This is something you're passionate about, about a deep professional responsibility, and you want to grow. We've seen way too many gym owners that just I want, to take it, I want to go to the stratosphere. I want to do the, the absolute best that I can to grow my business, to do big things. And then we ask a couple of these questions that we're going to go over today. And it's like, oh, dude, yeah. we got a lot of things that we need to work on first before you ever think about Facebook ads.
0: And the big one on the coaching side of things is really that um, the fact of the matter is if you're coaching more than 25% of your hours, it's really tough for you to get over a million dollars a year that's thing one almost impossible in the grand scheme of things there just becomes there's too much to manage there's too many sliders to move forward there's too many plates to spin however you want to put it for you to be bogged down on the coaching floor you if you wanted to be a career coach you should have stayed out of the gym ownership business uh, they're not always the same thing and, and success in one thing does not always mean that you're going to be successful at the other thing so you just need to know you need to have a scalable systems mindset so when it comes to coaching in-person stuff coaching is your passion good coach you got to understand that you're not going to have the impact that you want to have the value you want to have in your community and then get that value back in return monetarily from your community unless you're able to detach yourself from this a little bit so you got to teach so you got to get somebody coaching for you you got to be able to impart your skills onto somebody else and allow them to carry on that co- your coaching strategies out on the floor or else how good of a fucking coach are you if you can only do it yourself and you can't ever bring anyone else into the fold so uh on to the next piece do you offer a separate nutritional service for new clients when they come in or for existing clients if the answer to that is no that's probably a big opportunity you're leaving on the table we have an episode a couple times back about the one product uh, that you should start selling that will whatever double your closing ticket price and this is that product it's very simple. People know when they come in, They very rarely are people completely deluded and think that I just need to exercise and that's the only thing that's keeping me fucking fat is that I don't exercise. People don't believe that. They just don't. People know, yeah, I eat like shit. Not only do they know they eat like shit, they probably kind of know that if they just ate a little bit differently and ate some different things, that they'd be fine, that they would start making progress. But they don't what they want is that solution to just be told to them they want a plan they want something on paper that they can adhere to they want this product I told you my wife and i 98 98 of the clients that we've dealt with now in the last year and a half have all chosen some separate nutritional stuff even ones that don't do it on the first day on the first time we close them they do it inevitably because after eight weeks they make progress they get a little momentum we say guys there's a lot more to be unlocked here if you fix your food so it's a tremendous opportunity the other side of this is what percent of your new clients purchase that nutrition service and what does that tell us if if, if that number is really low john if the tell number's me. really low you're not offering it. you ain't offering it you're just not offering it the amount okay. of gym owners who answer yes to that first question do you offer a separate service to your clients but come back and say yeah, but only like one out of every 30 buys or we haven't had anybody buy it. Yeah, you're not really offering it. You have it and you don't sell it systematically and it's no different than all of these other things that people do is you don't turn this thing into a system, it doesn't fucking exist, dude. It just doesn't exist. Like being a there's a big difference between going out and mowing somebody's lawn for them, being a nice guy and going out and mowing everybody's lawn every fucking day, like mowing lawns every day systematically tend to, right? One's going to get a lot of fucking lawn mowed. The other guy is going to probably get bored after a day or two and is going to move on, right? You need to treat this thing like a thing you want to do a lot of, which means it needs to be corresponded with every new client that comes in, needs to get it, needs to see it. That's a numbers game. Quit being a fucking wuss. Get worried about, be so worried about getting told no. Every person should say, do you want to make some changes to your food? food habits. What do you want to do? We have a service here. Like this should be something that everybody gets to choose yes or no to. And if they don't, you as a gym owner are making a huge mistake for your pocketbook. These systems are scalable. Nutrition stuff's fairly scalable to sell. You don't got to make it cookie cutter, but you can just give someone a plan. Maybe charge it one-off. We, we There's lots of different ways to do nutrition stuff we've talked about. And some of our gear academy people do one-off stuff similar to what I do. Here's a plan. Go forward. Go forth and be excellent. And some do continuing coaching with accountability and habits and stuff built into that. Either way, it should not be a thing that costs you a ton of time. It should just be a thing that is valuable to the customer and fits their wants.
1: Don't make the mistake that we see so often when we talk with gym owners that are doing this unsuccessfully is, do you have a nutrition product that you're selling? Oh yeah, we've got it. Okay, great. What's been the success? And it's low, just like you said. Okay, if it's low, we all love equipment. If you're a gym owner, you've spent a lot of time thinking about the equipment that's going to be in your gym. Could you imagine buying the back hyper machine and then just sticking it in the back? Never bring it out. Do you have a back hyper? Well, I do. Well, great. Where is it? Oh, it's in the back. We don't use it. Mm -hmm. Well, then what the fuck? yeah that's exactly the equivalent so don't be an idiot if you have a thing then fucking use that thing yeah there's also especially if this thing can make
0: you money by the way buying the reverse hyper was your dumbass idea that's on you guys but everyone out there has (laughs) one it's a great cup holder but again if you needed that if if you bought that thing thinking it was going to get you new memberships or something like that you're, you're you're crazy but your nutrition service can make you money it exists to make you money and get them results and you are leaving it in the back closet that's nuts
1: And that's exactly what I wanted to hit on. The nutrition thing, this product that you can offer people, this particular piece, you and I are very passionate for a reason for why we say, stop fucking talking about that you need more members. You need more money. Now, a lot of us think about it that way, but we need to understand where you at, What do you want to achieve now? Stop fucking thinking about it in the number of members. And this is probably one of the definitely top two things you can do in your gym that completely, that can completely shatter any, any feeling of I need more members in order to get more money in my gym. Yeah. Yeah. Because holy shit.
0: And if you can't sell it and you can't renew it or you're not getting good results, your nutrition product sucks. So, just make it better, right? And by the way, you're not going to make it better by not selling it. The next person you talk to, talk to them about their nutrition if they like some nutrition coaching. Make up a fucking number out of thin air. I don't even care. But close somebody on it. Don't be pushy, but just close it. Because trust me, they'll want it. They just want it. They do. Sorry. If they're coming to a general fitness place, they want it. If they want coaching, if they're going to a place where you do coaching, not just uh, say a 24 hour spot, if you do coaching, I promise you at least more than half would buy it if it was offered to them the right way so get one just get one and then do a good job and by the way that one may be laborious it may be labor intensive it may take you more time and effort than you want it to be for it to be scalable but you're going to get them results you're going to learn what works and what doesn't you're going to learn what takes you too much time you're going to systemize your way around that stuff you're also going to get standardized most of your correspondence. So a lot of the basic stuff can be copy and pasted. And then as it scales in the long run, it's easier for you to manage. You also need nutrition results for you to sell nutrition, meaning you need before and after pictures. You need testimonials. It's the same reason we talk about testimonials matter for everything in your gym. But if you're going to sell nutrition, even internally, You need some testimonials. One of the best things I've heard, I heard, and this was from, this might've been from some gym launch folks. I I think it was on one of their podcasts, but they were talking about what these guys would do had they had to start completely over in the fitness industry. And you know what the best, most clever idea I heard was, is they just rent out an office space where it's just an office and they would have transformation photos on the wall behind them. And they would just run Facebook ads and they would sell at-home workouts programs and nutrition it and you would just be a selling machine and then none of it required hardly any work and that's a way to make a fortune in this industry right transformation photos sell transformations work okay so you need to sell you need to get it moving in order for you to have proof of concept and then just tune it up as you go now do not wait for your thing to be perfect because it's not right now just sell it and figure out my nutrition program that I sell now is much tighter much more concise much more of a premium feeling than it was the first time around but I just charge more now too (laughs) once I figured it out oh now it's worth more I just charge more
1: well fuck Tyler if I have to sell nutrition to someone get them results before I can really really be able to sell it I gotta be able to prove that I can do it it's a little bit like I graduate with my college degree and in order to be able to get the good job, I need to have five years of experience, but I have no fucking experience. Get internship. It's possible get it. So, don't be a <laughs> goddamn moron. Instead, it's if you don't have a client right now that's going to be able to do your nutrition shit, do your own nutrition shit. Yep. Get somebody else. Get your wife. Get your spouse. Get your girlfriend. Get your goddamn coaches to do your nutrition program and get a before and after picture and you now you're done. Yeah. Now you have everything you need to be able to take it to the next step. And this really takes us into the next question we ask everybody. Is do you sell supplements?
0: And we've we've cancer, beat this one up. We've beat mm-hmm. this one up a lot, but the answer should be yes. And if it's not should it be should yes. be I'm working on it. There's a lot of great it, su- there are great supplement companies out there that work out really good deals for you with lots of flexible options. I keep I'm going to start keeping a lot of these strategies in house for our gear Academy people. Cause they're just too productive and I give enough of that away. But on the specific supplement sales stuff, we want, want to take advice that you don't have to pay for fucking start selling it and start trying. So you need to start carrying it, offering it and you need to start trying to sell it. It needs to be a part of your thing. It you don't gotta be pushy about it, but these people want it. I made a post the other day on Instagram about just kind of what my daily uh, Nutrition intake was, here's the food I take, here's the supplements to take in the morning. I had three people message me about just a supplement. And by the way, none of these were supplements that were like supplements, supplement. a lot of them were just vitamins, like vitamin D, yeah, vitamin, I take some creatine, yeah. I take this and that. It was like, but I had people like, oh, I take notes on this, I'm gonna try and build this thing. And I had some, another person message me, oh, why do you take these and these and these? Or or where do you get these? And a lot of the stuff I, t- I was like, I get them, fucking, these ones specifically that I take, half of them I get on bulk supplements on freaking Amazon, because I just want Vitamin D for cheap, and I want magnesium right. for cheap. So I get three years of it for 60 bucks or whatever. But the thing is, humans, their interest is in what their interest is in. Okay. It just is. And taking supplements is an easier. Let's talk about the, when it comes to value, right? Speed of results, effort required to make the results, and the likelihood of someone getting those results. That's a hormozy thing, right? Um, that's kind of the, value the thing. Equation. That's his the value equation, right? Well, man, taking supplements is a hell of a lot easier than working out with some hard ass in the gym for three days a week or four days a week, right? That's tough. It's also like probably cheaper in the long run, and maybe the results are not as guaranteed. But like they can almost kind of justify that in their head. That math still works for people, which is why plenty of people who don't even work out will like. Start taking protein powder. Or what's the first thing someone does when they start kind of maybe working out? They maybe get a little bit of the itch. And they're like, oh, should I start taking creatine or like, you know, I'll take, start taking BCAAs so my pee can be expensive. You know, because they just don't know. So we've beat oh, up the millions of – go ahead, John. But psychologically. Psychologically, you got to be there for That
1: we it. capitalize on it. Yeah. Why? What does every little kid, every little kid when they get a brand new pair of shoes – they put the shoes on. They go, "Mom and Dad, look how fast I am!"
0: Yep. <laughs> and off he goes.
1: The new shoes make them faster. It's fucking science. It's yeah. science. The same way, man. I feel so jacked because yep. I just took jacked HD, Jack- and now I'm fucking jacked. 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 GH. <laughs> <laughs> We're going um, through a goddamn wall. Yeah. It's the same thing.
0: Yeah. And I think that it's just uh, one of the things and, and I've touched on it a lot, but like, you know, they're going to go to some idiot who doesn't lift and they're going to buy some overpriced shit. That's nonsense. And if you're, you're in the business, you're a professional, you know, a little bit about food and training and what's right. Like fucking be that for somebody, please dumbass. Okay. Sell it. Try to sell it. By the way, don't just have it on your shelf. Try to sell it. Say if someone's asking you about what you take, first off, take stuff that works, find out what works for you. What helps supplements are tough. For even for me to say, oh, I took this and it changed the game. There's not much other than fucking hormones that you take, that you just go, yes, there is a before that I really noticed was way different than the after. Other than that, you start taking creatine, are you going to know? No. But you know it's pretty well studied, it's super affordable. So as far as if you're going to, you're definitely probably not pissing money away if you're going to start taking creatine, right? We can all probably agree on that. The science has probably settled on that. Um, so that's an easy one to start with: creatine, protein, multivitamins. None of these are fucking crooked shit. So be the guy. Don't let you got a small guy who's a hard gainer, and he goes to GNC and gets Mass get Mass Monster three thousand or Mass Monster yep. eight thousand or Russian, what is it? Russian Bear, whatever it is. Like
1: yes, tastes like you. I had,
0: <laughs> you got to be better.
1: Students, I had students that went and got the mass gainer, and they go, I go, how does it taste? You go like Satan's anus. Said, That's accurate. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what yeah. it tastes like. Yeah. It's just like a so, pile
0: of dextrose and, and lowest quality protein out there. And it's just, it sucks, man.
1: So the question, the immediate lead up question is, do you sell supplements? Great. Yes. Awesome. You feel good about yourself. The next question is what is your average supplement sales per member, right? Don't try. There's, you don't have to divide by pi or anything complex, just take your monthly supplement sales and divide that by the total number of clients that you have. Easy math. If, if you are selling less than $20 per month, are you actually selling supplements right now?
0: Yeah. Or do you have like five people that are into it and you don't even bother because you should get a ton of people spending anywhere from 50 to 80 bucks, a ton of them. Some will do zero some will always be zero it's their budget it doesn't work but a ton of them will fall in that 50 to 80 range and you will have outliers that'll spend a two to one to three hundred so the that that can your average should be i'd like you to be more than 20. and if it's not it's good because the, what we do with this stu- these questions we're asking is we identify opportunities for growth low hanging fruit it's easy to change easy to scale and easy to start growing your business that don't require you to fucking intake a bunch of new clients and burn yourself out faster or worse even worse if you're already kind of stretched on time uh you're just going to underperform and kill your reputation you know you need to be good you gotta be good okay you can't be in there tired not giving a fuck about your people because you all you do is coach and your business isn't fun for you anymore so that's really important next one what is your new client membership price to join the gym? This is just simply for your membership rate, your base membership. And this is really not necessarily a good nor a bad. This just kind of tells us what your market is. Kind of, right? Cuz if you're, you know, over 275 bucks for a standard membership, we just probably know you're in a higher higher tax an area where most people are in higher tax brackets. Or at least that's your target audience, right? You're in the Equinox Competitive market versus the hundred and thirty or hundred dollar or less group, which now we start playing a game where we're flirting with competing with twenty four hour gyms that have way better equipment than you, and now we we're, we're, we're start to conflate these differences between coaching and just equipment, and you start to, the comparisons get tricky. So when you're when you're priced the same as a place that like does way less than you or just offers way less than you uh people don't know you you're not going to get the opportunity to explain that in a way that makes sense this is the best strategy I ever had the other CrossFit gym in town I thought they were a bunch of schmucks it was run by essentially a nonprofit, so they were not incentivized to do good to be good or whatever and I just charged 150 percent of what they charged if they raised their price up my price went up that it was a fixed rate that I charged 50 percent more than they do so it was very easy well why are you more expensive I was like oh I kind of just let that speak for itself you know that is what it is and also if people are price shopping and they want the $90 a month crossfit gym or the $100 a month crossfit gym go for it if you're shopping yep. for cheap you can have it because if you won't even give the expensive guy the uh, the time of day on the front end uh, knowing by the way knowing that usually that's how things go then i'm not interested in dealing with your bullshit so it's very easy for me to do it second one though however go ahead john
1: no it's leading is, into this yeah. It's that first question is good just to know where you are, but it's more relevant because of this next question, because what we're about to compare and what we want you thinking about is what is your average client sales price? So for new clients, what's the average sale price, right? At closing, how much money are you making? Here's the hint. It shouldn't be the same as your new client membership price yeah to join the gym
0: yeah if people are coming in at 150 bucks to join your gym right and they're not picking any other products your sales process is broken your offer presentation system is broken or your sales guy is just taking taking the easy road um you're not offering you're not offering a stacked offer your other pr- offerings are not presented in a way that people like um, there's a lot of other things going on there, but that's a big one. If this is, By the way, look at this math. You This is a bit, you can do this mentally unless you close a shit ton of new people, right? So just think back on your last 10 new sales. You may be able to look at your last 10 new members joined, your last 10 new accounts that you've set up and just see how much they paid on that day and divide that by 10, right? but let's figure that out. And by the way, I'd like you to do that over the course of the year, but just on closing, you know, recurring stuff comes up and down. We can go back to the well, your existing client well, and those are numbers we flesh out later. But we want to know, because again, if you're worried about getting new members, this is an issue that you need to fix. We can worry about what's going on internally at month three, four, five, six, and all those opportunities later. But if you're going to get a bunch of new members here and you're just laying fucking eggs drop in just closing base level memberships over and over and over and over again you're leaving so much money on the table because again we've talked about this should probably be it should average practically double what your membership is fact is yes. it really should uh, and, and maybe more than that at least that first at least that first bump it really should and that's super important that difference the Delta between those two is the thing that's the
1: most important we've I think it's fair. You and I have made this mistake before in our own (laughs) businesses. We've also seen this mistake made several times with clients, either that we, they have wanted to work with us or we started working with them and we saw this is an error. We've seen when gym owners have brought on new salespeople to come in and they start selling and we immediately start looking at the numbers Mm -hmm. and and Tyler's you call immediate bullshit yep. on these numbers. Don't make sense. Don't be a fucking idiot. Why I've,
0: I've had to say, quit fucking lying to me or mm-hmm. they are lying to you. And this is the truth. If, if your offer stack exists as the way that we will then like to construct it, of course, but this is, this is even aside from our, uh, multi layered the interactive sales app that we have now that people use that allows everybody at every level of commitment, they can like gradually choose their way in. They can have up- upsell opportunities for every single possible desire that they would have in the gym. It just maximizes that thing. That thing crushes in every aspect of the way, but even a single page with a five, five offers on it, right? Tiered offers. Um, if it's done right, and if you've paid attention thus far, and what the services could, should kind of be, if you're selling more than, if more than 20 or 25% probably of your new closing is buying your base membership, you are not doing it right. You're either just make, taking it easy, you're not presenting them the upper things. You don't gotta be slick either. You just gotta put it in front of them and, and talk them, answer questions when it's there. Um, I know that your sales, we, so we'll go through a case very specifically. We went through all we were getting with this gym was like, God, we were just closing all these base ones. And I know the gym owner was an ace when he was doing stuff. We were closing big ticket, big ticket, big ticket stuff. It was everybody was buying. It was great. I knew, but we then had to start teaching the salespeople so that his sales team could do this. So just like, all, just like coaching. So he could move on to all these other things so in order to scale, to grow the business, you got to not do all the things. So we were working this handoff we had two, two salespeople on this team. And I'm looking back, I'm like, okay, what is your last 10? And we just brought it up casually on a call. that wasn't even about this. I'm like, what are your last 10 new sales? How is it going? Cause we were paying for ads at the time too. And I needed to know what these numbers were. And all of them, every one of them was base repair was base, uh, base services. Yep. It's like, shit. I said, I, I, and right away it just didn't sit with me. And I said, mm, something's going on. Let's reach out to We got to find out what is happening. What are they offering? And sure enough, what it was is one, they were trying to get as much of it done over the phone so they didn't have to meet people in person, which I'm not totally opposed to if you, if you got them on the phone to talk to them, but you can't take the easy road because they want more than that. If you're only offering it, you're probably also getting told no a lot because you're only presenting one thing and it doesn't check all the boxes of other needs. They want accountability. They want nutrition. That increases their value equation on the side of the likelihood of success. Right? It just it just really increases it. And so when we go through that, it was like, oh, they're just trying to do it over the phone to save time. And because they could just throw a number at this person's way, they could just throw a number, get told yes or no, and move on. Versus meeting with somebody, talking about what maybe they actually want to accomplish, and presenting your services as the solution to that problem. And they were laying eggs, dude, just eggs. And by the way, we're spending five grand a month on fucking Facebook ads at this time. Just ads. And so had they been playing the game, once we corrected it, that average sale price tripled. Well, does that make an impact on the successful, on the successful success or failure of your fucking ad spend? Of course. And it's not about raising prices. It's about giving people choices. So if your closing average sale price is way too close to your base membership only, you need to give people more options and give them options, present them options, give them the choice, to spend more money with you. If you're not, what are you doing (laughs) like that? Then you're definitely not ready leaving money on the table.
1: Yeah. Stop learning this the hard way. Yeah, We've already made mistakes. We already know we've done it a whole bunch of times.
0: There's a reason I I can smell this out by numbers. I can just see the the numbers and I can know that you're lying, your salespeople lying or what your pro I can know what your sales process is and what these clients are experiencing by simply seeing, what tier of a package people are buying? I know, I can smell it because I've done it a fucking million times in fitness, in heating and air conditioning, and online services, in the fucking other service industry, and in these other ancillary clients we do marketing and fucking offer systems for. Guys, just fucking don't don't fall on your face in this thing. You, when this works, when this starts clicking, when that thing starts clicking, man, you're gonna go fuck. This was so easy. That's the thing you go. This was so easy to make so much money. That's the thing. You got to do a lot. You've built the hard part is the stuff you've already done. You built the gym. You got the skill set. You've earned the trust. Don't be a fucking idiot here and just leave this fucking money on the table because you're afraid to, to what? To like own the fact that you're good and expect just put something in front of something and expect them not to throw it back in your face. Come on. People want the shit that you sell. You're good. So, next one. What percent of your members are paying for personal training? Now, this is not, this really is not necessarily a metric that is good nor bad like most things. This just lets us know, are there opportunities? This goes kind of hand in hand with how much coaching hours you're actually on, the, what percentage of coaching time you're spending on the floor as well. If you're selling a ton of PT, then I just know that you're room for growth it just is going to be dependent on that. I maybe mean, it can be additional services layered into that. A gym that has almost no PT maybe has opportunities to bring in a coach and selling PT to that through that coach is a good way to fill in time versus the group fitness time as well. It also get, makes it easier for you if you're able to sell PT to create a more lucrative offer for new coaches that come in. Um, it's important. Uh, none is good nor bad as far as this way. There's just some studios are some gyms and studios are uh, have a ratio that's much different than others. And this is just where we can know kind of where you sit, what types of stuff you're into and who your clients are. It also can tell us a bit though, like, well, maybe you're just not offering it. I know a lot of places that just don't, just don't offer it very often. It just, it's what it is, you know, and it's it's because you don't want to do it. Maybe you don't have right. enough time. Then maybe it just needs to be more expensive for you or Maybe you need to delegate out and you need to get new staff in to start to handle that stuff.
1: None of the questions we ask are isolated. They don't live on a single island. This question relates back to three other questions that we have already gone over because it starts to paint a picture for us because in our experience, what we've seen, every gym owner that we work with, there are milestones and thresholds that you need to be hitting to be maximizing the volume and maximizing the revenue that you already have, like the people you already have, there should be a point where you're hitting a ceiling. You are hitting a certain number. And every one of these questions gets answered a certain way, tells us immediately, okay, where are they at? What range are they at? What do they need to do next to push them past kind of that plateau, that ceiling that they're at? yeah
0: we're just here to identify opportunities speaking of opportunities the next question is how many new sales opportunities do you get per month on average right and this is this can be a product of your marketing success and failure this may be a product of just simply traffic you know it may fluctuate wildly we just want to know how many you get because we then want to know how many you close right so how many new sales opportunities do you get per month whether it's 10 or less, 20 or more, five or less, whatever that is. But that number kind of matters, right? It just, it really does. If you're not getting any, then what's the point of us reskinning a bunch of other stuff? Maybe we need to focus primarily on nudging some things forward with leads, right? That's thats kind of the main thing.
1: Are you tracking? How do we generate
0: leads? Are you tracking it at all?
1: Or, or like, 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 let's start at the very beginning. In our experience, if you're not tracking your numbers, then what the fuck are you doing? You Can you get contact information
0: from every single person who comes in to maybe talk to you about joining a gym? Write down their name and get their phone number or email. And then get started with talking to them. Right? That's super easy. Cause then if they tell you no, three months later, shoot everybody who told you no in the last three months a message. Hey, I just wonder if you ever found a spot if you're interested. Get by the way, you'll shake out a handful of people every quarter. And someone will just, I mean, this is that that's a foolproof recipe. It's, it's actually probably worth an extra two to four grand a year give or take, just simply getting that information up front. So, so how many sales opportunities you get per month? And then we just kind of determine what can we do to fill in those gaps? Uh, How many new clients join your gym per month? Which is easy math here. How many new members have you enrolled in the last year? Divide that by 12. That's simple. The next one, how many clients does your gym lose in a month? Same math, just how many people went out the door? Divide by 12. I don't care if it's super high. That can be like, there can be lots of things. COVID has thrown a lot of that shit off too, depending on where you're at. This is, you know, things are sometimes that your new client's number may trend way up because your area is bouncing back from COVID when some maybe have done that already two years ago. So this just lets us know how things are trending, neither good nor bad. The next one though, that matters is what are you currently doing for marketing and be honest the first answer that I see a lot doing is it's nothing doing nothing. You're not trying. You're just, and even if you're just generically kind of posting on social media without like a an actual call, this, if you're posting on social media, without a plan, without a plan to direct traffic, to direct a specific type of person to a specific type of program of yours for a specific reason can be free. Right? You don't have to be paying for it. But if that's your social media if your social media plan does not involve a specific person, specific program or offer uh, for a specific reason, then you are doing nothing too. You're just checking boxes. You're just posting on social media. That's what you're doing. And that's not a thing either. So I, I lump that in with nothing. Okay. Yeah, you're that is doing your,
1: worse than nothing.
0: Yeah. You're wasting, you're spending time you're wasting and your energy. Time. Yeah. Brule. And I
1: will tell you the nothing piece is really important because very seldom Tyler if we're being honest and our experience very seldom does a gym owner tell us that they're doing nothing.
0: Yeah. They use What are you
1: doing for marketing? Lots of words.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. Or they'll say marketing. I've been doing some marketing, a market wow. and I look at it and I look around and I'm like you're well you're not I said well how much are you spending I said, Well nothing but and then it's okay and then look at they're not doing anything. You're not doing anything.
1: And oh, so that's very easy for me to you. see. You not posted on social media in two years.
0: Yeah. Digital How much
1: marketing are you doing?
0: Exactly. Now, one that works that will we'll still allow is, again, if it has a plan, if you're posting something directed towards a specific type of person about a specific program for a specific reason, you want to lose weight. Hey, did you put on some pandemic pounds? Come in and join their gym. We got some nutrition coaching as well to get that weight off of you, you know, get you back feeling the way you used to before 2020 hit. Let's go. A lot of us have been there, right? All right, if you're posting shit like that, that is, I consider that doing something. So that's organic posting, by the way. That's just organic social media action. I'll allow that because, by the way, that's what bootstrapping it is. But don't conflate doing posting for no reason about whatever, just pictures of people exercising. Guys, that ship has sailed. Posting pictures of groups of people after classes, that ship has sailed. There's too much of it out there. Nobody zooms in to see all the faces. It doesn't matter. It doesn't move the needle, catches no attention. Nobody cares. Okay, same thing on the organic side of things, though. It's like... You need to be posting something. So if it's a picture person exercise, fine, whatever, but what's it about? What's it about to the person seeing it? How do you get in front of new people? All right, are you using this on Facebook? You're just posting it on Instagram to fill people's feeds, right? But that's organic, free social media. I'll count that, that that counts. If you're posting with a plan and you're not paying for running ads, you're trying. Say, hey, reach out to me. A great strategy that I had posted um, into the Gear Academy. This was from uh, Stuart Brower, who I know is a direct competitor to us. Probably he's probably been around a little longer than our business is too. But he has WTF Gym Talk out there. But Stuart Brower's a guy I like because he cusses and he's kind of a real dude. And anyway, whatever. The thing is, I'm not going to not share somebody's stuff that's going to be helpful to our people because that's not my idea, right? That's just I'm just. That's not what I'm about to do, right? And so he had posted a thing uh, that I had posted about, which is a thing that Hunter was using, which is every like on one of your posts, who's not one of your members, like it's not an accident. So look at who those people are. Literally, if it's on Instagram, or if it's on Facebook, see who liked it, who hasn't, who doesn't join your gym. If it's a picture of one person exercising, shoot him a message, like, hey, I don't know. And his strategy was, hey, I don't know if you know Steve or not, but I uh, saw you electric for your thing. You know, thanks for sharing the. love. I don't know how you know, him, but you know, thanks for sharing the love. Hope you had a great day. That type of stuff works really, 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 really well. And so, while I know he's a probably a competitor to ours, and I don't want to shove you off to do business with the guy necessarily, but I've never been one to shit on a good idea because it wasn't mine, and I'm certainly not going to try to pass that idea off as though it was mine but it reminds me like what Hunter was doing, where he was seeing people were liking and viewing his stories. And then he would just learn a little about that person and he'd see some trends and who those people are. And then he would make some posts that are catered to that person, that type of person more often. And then next thing you know, sure enough, that person reaches out. There's no fucking accident when you find a brand and you like, oh shit, I love this stuff. And all of a sudden you're shopping on their online store. The research has been done. Whether they're paying for Facebook to do it or whether they're doing the digging themselves is a different story. But that's a great organic strategy that's actually trying as well. I like that. To move further, what are you doing for marketing? Paid digital ads, Facebook, Instagram ads, Google ads, works, networking events, business clubs, trade shows, community events. I like direct-to-home marketing, mailers, door hangers, You know, uh, out-of-home marketing, billboards, putting flyers out, blanket stuff, banners out, stuff are you doing radio? Are you doing TV? But think about it. You're hyper localized is what you should be. Local, 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 local. So what are you doing for marketing? Check any or all these that apply. Okay. But you should be doing some of it. Then the next is how much money are you spending on marketing on average the last 12 months? I don't care what it is. I just need to know what it is, right? That's all. So we just need to know, because that tells us the scale of the game you're playing. If we think that you're spending money on shit that's maybe not producing, which we don't even get into efficacy of this, this here, which is because I don't expect the people that are in front of us to really, really know truly and be tracking the co- their current cost to acquire a new member, how much they spend on marketing versus how much it gets in. Though you should, um, in the long run, you should. That's all. This that's the question I have for that. And then on the back end stuff, John, we got operations questions, and this which back-end systems do you use are you using are you using stuff for account membership planning man- and membership management like this would be your Watify, push press zen planner kilo whatever else is out there for processing memberships if you're chasing people down for money if you're running just everything through your square payment stuff like how are you are you handling recurring memberships? If you're not automating the recurring memberships or even the recurring monthly stuff for personal training, just make it easy. Every time someone has to reach into their card to be, oh yeah, sure, here, and re-up, that's a moment where they have to consider whether they still wanna deal with you or not. And especially if people aren't around or they're busy, that shit costs you one week, two weeks of revenue. It just, it does. Cash flow is king. You leave a lot of money on the table by not automating that stuff. And for you as a gym owner, you're the one that has to do that shit. And that's a lot of chasing people around. So you got to have a back-end system for those reasons. Um, the other side of that is for email correspondence. How can you email all your members about a new program you sell? How are you going to do it? So this just lets us know, like, if you don't have one of these, it's a the thing we are. We, we want to get you moving on something. I don't care what they are. It's important for you to know that I've been in lots every business, John, that you've been a part of in education, every business that I've been a part of in Any capacity has like a full-on operating system or two, right? That's a third-party software that manages accounts and manages billing and handles this and has to integrate with all the other shit that they do. And they all are a thorn in your side. They all suck for a dozen reasons. And you're going to want so bad for a different one to be better. And it will be at those reasons. And then when you go through all the trouble of transitioning to another one, You're going to hate the next one for 12 different reasons. Just know that that's the game you'll play. You'll switch these things a few times over the life of a business, but just know one of those has to exist. It's going to suck. They're all going to kind of suck. Take the good with the bad. Just know that it's better than you doing it all manually. Trust me.
1: And if you don't have anything yet, right, this is an idea where you're like, ah, fuck, I've been thinking about it. The only advice that we give based off of what we have seen across tons of gyms Make sure it has the ability to scale with you. Yeah. The more things you do bootstrap, where you do a little bit of here, a little bit there, and now you have to kind of string everything together or use duct tape to like tie one to the other, the more pain you're going to have as you look to scale. Yeah. So just know, pick, do your research, ask other gym owners, come into the group, come into the gym owners revolution, ask, hey, what's everybody using for you know these main core areas and they'll give it they'll give you the feedback and tell you the good the bad and the ugly
0: yeah do you also use lead nurturing or automated scheduling system too like you know lead nurturing basically is just essentially someone gives you a form and there's plenty there's a handful of these out there jim leads machine is one that comes to mind some of our, our gear academy people mess with that one they kind of do your website and stuff and then allow Someone comes in and fills out the form say, yeah, I'm interested in getting started. And what it is, is you don't, you get told that somebody filled out that form and then the automations handle everything else. And it's just, is to get them to the appointment. And that means sends them a message the morning of like, Hey, great to see you. We'll see you at seven o'clock today. Here's the address. It sets the expectation. It does all that stuff so that you don't have to, which again, if you're only getting one or two leads a month, three, four leads a month, five leads a month, it's not a big deal for you. If you want 30, that's a lot of back and forth trying to get people to appointments. And you're going to have fall off because you're not going to be as good at getting at nurturing them from that moment to the appointment. The other side is a more manual way to do that would be something, say, let's say, just like Calendly, where you can set up a few little automations and you can send someone a link and say, hey, make an appointment here and blah, blah, blah. And then you let Calendly kind of handle it from there because you can then trigger the email that they get right after. You can trigger an email that they're going to get right before the appointment. And that can do, that's kind of a, less comprehensive way to do that as well. So I highly recommend some of those. The other, go ahead, John.
1: There's one thing on this on this point of the email and automation piece that I wanna call out. We got asked in the group earlier this week, um, somebody was looking for, hey, is there something we can get? Like you, have got, you guys have these ideas, is there like a swipe file or something we can copy and paste and throw towards people to be able to kind of take action towards one of these ideas that you guys are throwing out there? specifically dealing with nutrition and it's, there's a good way of doing this Mm -hmm. and there's a bad way of doing this. Automations can be a four letter word. So if all you're looking for is a copy and paste solution that's working just generally, fuck man, Google it. You can go find it all over the place. Everybody's got some shitty thing that you can copy and paste and execute on. But there is a piece where you do want some of that handholding on the automation side to help kind of foster and bring people into your world and make sure you just have natural touch points. But man, you don't want to automate yourself out of your business.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And when you start building automations like that or when they're built for you, make sure you go in and you can control a bit of the tone. I mean, you can edit some of the copy and just gonna be like, ah, this isn't quite how I want it to be. Also, get your skit out of your own way a little bit, too, because kind of the way it's sometimes the way we are is the reason people aren't, is the reason think we're not closing people or the reason people aren't showing up is it's probably just you and the way you are. <laughs> so sometimes you want just let the automation be a little more positive, a little more upbeat, or maybe a little more direct or, or simple or, or whatever it needs to be. Just know that that system also probably is a bit more tuned up and in tune to the patterns of humans more than, more than, more than you are unless you're already crushing it. The other one would be email marketing software, MailChimp, constant contact. Uh, some of that stuff you can do within your account ma- membership management stuff, but just what are you using to contact your existing members, former members, leads that have fallen off? How do you, how are you doing that? And if you're not, let's just find a way to make sure those are done. This list that we presented to you guys today identifies most of the questions that we have. There are plenty more than we when we work with people directly. We identify kind of some of the more direct pains, the individual pains that go on in their gym. And we actually help them solve all those micro problems while dealing with some of these macro ones here. But if you really paid attention here to this list, this list of questions here, you should very, you should identify a ton of opportunities. If you've been paying attention to the show at all over the last few months or year, you should definitely identify like, shit, a lot of money on the table. And one of the things we do in the Gear Academy is we don't just allow a problem to be a problem. I don't I don't allow you to come in and say, just I'm not getting enough members and I just, I wish I had more members. I'm not making enough money. I need this stuff. It's so, okay, great. What do we want to do about it? Because I am not, my, my wife comes home sometimes and she'll have a problem. Uh, this, that, and this person felt this way or whatever it is. And I being the worst kind of husband, I immediately go into problem solving mode. All right. Perfect. Fuck this guy. Fuck that guy. We'll change this thing. These people suck. Fuck that. It's over. We'll burn this thing out and we'll redirect here. And then we plan this and then you can do this, 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 and this. And boom, boom, boom. Problem solved. These people are cut out. These people, whatever, whatever it may be, I will just go into problem solving. Mode. Here are your five options for solving this problem. Take a pick. I Do all the math. It's some, it's probably the worst because when your wife comes home and says that she doesn't want you to solve the problem. She wants to feel heard. She wants to feel so that you can know how she feels. You can feel that it was felt, right? Uh, But that's not what I do in the Gear Academy because I'm not your fucking husband. So you guys come into the thing and there's a problem. Great, cool, but I am not here to just go, oh shucks, let's just live with it forever, huh? Okay, what we're here to do here is fix it. So look at all these questions that you guys had answered here today. There's tons of opportunities there. If you wanna work with us in the Gear Academy, we will have you executing next week on fixing thing one that we prioritize in the next week, and the next week, and the next week, and the next week, until over the course of the year, you'll have a business that's producing on just an entirely different level than you could imagine at this point. Uh, If you're not ready to join the Gear Academy because you don't have the money to do it, perfect. We've identified some low-hanging fruit for you here in today's episode. Fix a few of those things. Once you're producing yourself an extra few hundred bucks a month, get in the Gear Academy and then just level your shit up. Let's go. So I gave you the tools to cover that gap if you can't afford what we're doing here. And so go do it, and then we'll level it up for you. Thanks for listening, everybody. Join the Facebook group. Uh, Links in the description. Follow me on Instagram at Tyler F. and Stone. Follow the show at the Gym Owners Podcast on Instagram. And John?
1: At jbanksfl on Instagram.
0: Guys, thanks a lot for listening, and we'll see you next week.
1: Later.